That was you motherfucker. I, I do not like you. <laughs> I do not like you. <laughs> Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 26th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my very good pals, Micah Burge. America, fuck yeah. yeah. It's time to uh, save your fantasy team's games. Oh, man. Yeah, we can make this the whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) this is just a special edition of Team America World Police Fantasy Crossover. The most patriotic no, movie 4th, in the world. So it is post Fourth of July. We all had a good time. I got to go down and see my good friends and family and everything. It was a good week, and that is why we took a week off. Uh, we were inebriated enough for at least I was for most of the time where we wouldn't have been much good to you. So uh, we did take the week off. We apologize for that, but we are back this week for our. Devi draft episode. We're going to have a two round 24 man Devi draft. Uh, each of us alternating uh, who makes the pick. And um, unless any guy, you guys have anything to add, uh, we can jump right into that. Um, any news or anything you guys want to get into, or are y'all ready to get into that? I want to do some drafting. Let's do it. All right. All right. One thing I do want to bring up just. I did bring this up at the end of the last episode, but just in case anybody is like, what the hell is a Devi draft? What are Devi players? Uh, Devi is short for dev- developmental, and it's just a player that is currently in college. So there's certain leagues, some of them might have one round, some of them might have up to five I've seen, where you can draft players in college, um, and whenever they make it to the NFL, you basically get rights to them, whatever team they land on, whatever spot they go. Um, so it can be extremely, extremely variant. Um, you know, guys go really early in Debbie drafts and then end up not doing anything. There's guys that are surefire things. Uh, a good example last year was Chuba Hubbard. People thought for sure he was going to be a top two or three back. And, you know, he, not that he completely fell off the face of the earth, but clearly he wasn't seen as that the next year. So um, anyways, uh, that's that's what uh, Debbie players are. We are going to be uh, drafting uh, players in college. And uh, who we see as the top 24, at least fantasy players in college. So um, anything to add to that, guys, before we jump into it? And uh, Nathan starts us out with our number one pick. Or yours. All right. All right. Nathan, you are going to start us out. Pick 101 in our Debbie draft. Who are you taking and why? Yeah, this one is going to be a uh, someone who's not eligible this next year but will be in 2023, and that is B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas. And uh, the reason I'm willing to take a guy that's not eligible uh, next year yet is because this guy is an absolute freak show. Uh, he's the best running back prospect to come out in years. I, I've said before on his podcast that if he was coming out this you know, last year, I would have taken him above Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, all those guys. He's... Um, He's a very, very special player. Uh, he is a big back at six foot, 220, 225-ish. Um, but he is very, very nimble and agile. He he's moves like a much lighter person. And uh, he can stop and go very well. Uh, he uses uh, can use a dead leg, juke move, spin. He has every move in the book. 
but then he also has the ability to just run you right the hell over. And I love watching him do that. He was amazing as a freshman this last year. Um, also very solid as a receiver. He has soft hands. He, he brings it in naturally and immediately turns to make plays after the catch. So uh, he's just there. There's no weakness to his game. Uh, that's the main thing. I mean, he didn't run the fastest 40 in high school. I think that's the one not people could put on him. But if you watch his game film, I mean, he's clearly pulling away from DBs that uh, can run very, very fast in their own right. So I would expect him to be at worst like a four five guy uh, in the 40 at the combine. But he's uh, like he's just the complete package. I mean, he passes the eye test with flying colors. Um, he's not in the best offense, but uh, that's that's not going to matter. He'll declare his junior year and he's going to be uh, probably the next premier back in the NFL for years to come. All right. Yeah, no, I definitely don't have any arguments with that. Um, I'll give my take on that and then let Micah give his take and then move on to the second pick here. Um, I do want to real quick, uh, another specification I want to make, and Nathan did touch on this. I just want to further touch on it is uh, the draft eligible year. So uh, what Nathan is saying this year is uh, he's not going to come out in this next year's draft class. It's going to be probably in 2023, but of course some guys decide to stay for their senior year and there's always that possibility. So when we're saying the years, these are their draft eligible years, not necessarily the hundred percent year that they're going to come out. You know, there's always injuries or maybe their team's going to come back and win the natty and they want to stay. So there's narratives like ETN last year was a great example of that, but um, anyways, uh, so, so yeah, he's taken Bijan Robinson, uh, to, uh, uh, 2023 draft, uh, eligible running back. And, uh, yeah, you know, for me, I, I, I he was my, uh, one Oh three overall. I definitely think he is, I, I agree with you. One of the, probably the most exciting, um, you know, uh, running back prospect in college that I've seen in a while. Um, you know, it is for me, I do have to put a, some, you know, I, and, and throughout my rankings, I put the guys that are 2022 eligible, just a little bit above a lot of these guys that are 2023 eligible, just because you get the extra year of production and you can always trade and end up getting the guys that are going to go in 2023, a little bit easier than the 2022 guys once draft fever comes around. But um, I do have no qualms with that pick at all. I think it's a great pick. I love everything you said about uh, Bijan. So uh, Micah, if you want to add anything, I'll let you do that and then make uh, the number uh, the one or two pick in our Debbie draft. Don't overthink it. Just take Bijan. If you're more than likely in need of a running back and just a future guy who is this Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, like type level talent where he's going to get drafted extremely. Like he, he's going to get drafted more than likely in the top like 10 or 15 picks. I have a feeling when he comes out, I think he's going to be that special of a talent. I think teams are going to want to get him and he's going to be a focal point of an offense. He, he's just the best player to get. I think in Debbie drafts, um, he's my one-on-one as well. Um, I agree with you, Nathan. So I, I, I really think waiting the extra year is just worth it with Bijan. And I think the only reason why you shouldn't take him would be to take who I'm going to take at number two, and it's Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from the University of Oklahoma. And I say these things because he's the best running back or the best quarterback that I have for next year's draft class and the one following. And he's more than likely going to be the number one pick next season. And he's going to become the face of whatever franchise gets him. Uh, I think he throws a beautiful ball. Like, a lot of people want to talk about his arm strength and that, He's got like this amazing cannon, like a Stafford coming in, but he doesn't. He has more of like a Baker Mayfield arm. Like it's 
it's like a good arm. He can get the ball downfield. It just doesn't get from point A to point B extremely quick. But his thing is, his the ball that he throws is so pretty. It's just a tight spiral. It just zooms into right into the receiver's hands. And that's why people like think he has like a cannon just because it looks so good coming out. But it's not, he's not a gunslinger, but he's just an extremely like smart quarterback. He's got some cockiness to him that I think is actually going to help. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Baker, honestly, and coming out of Oklahoma. And I think Lincoln Riley has done a magnificent job developing quarterbacks. I mean, he just had three quarterbacks who are all starters in the NFL. And I think that Spencer Rattler's next in line. And I think there's something about goofy-looking people from Oklahoma because look what Trey Young's doing. Spencer Rattler's doing the next in line to be the goofy-looking motherfucker from Oklahoma that goes and just, like, tears everybody up. So I put my money on Spencer Rattler being good as much as it doesn't seem like I like the guy. But as a football talent, I can't deny it. I got Spencer Rattler going off the board at two. Nathan, I'll let you get into your thoughts before I, I give mine and pick my third guy. Yeah, this is a bit early for me. I have him as my QB3 in this class. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, just uh, I'll get to him. Well, I, I, I guess we've already picked him, so uh, right. I'll say my piece. But, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, um, you know, he's got very good accuracy overall, especially on the deep ball. Uh, like you say, he's probably the most natural thrower of the football. Um, kind of uh, a little bit reminiscent of, like Jared Goff playing at Tower is just like a very beautiful ball coming out every time. Um, the negatives I do have on him is that I think he does need to improve on his ball placement. Uh, he has this tendency to throw too high over the middle and in the flat. Um, so that, that uh, I noticed that pop up on film quite a bit. So I think some of that may have to do with his height a little bit. Um, but um, also, I think uh, compared to some of the other guys in this class, he doesn't have as strong of an arm. Um, there, I see quite a few throws where I wish he had more zip on the ball or, you know, is uh, a guy open in the middle of coverage, but the ball gets there a little late. Um, in the NFL, I'd like to see him quicken that up a little bit. Uh, he, he has a good enough arm to be an NFL quarterback, there's no doubt. Um, but like a couple other guys like Sam Howell and Keaton Slovis definitely have a stronger arm. Um, and then the last knock on him is just that he backpedals too much in the pocket. Like he does it way too much while holding on to the football. And um, we'll just kind of wait and wait and not have the awareness of the pressure coming in. And um, yeah, this he needs to do a better job of stepping up in the pocket. And that'll also help him deliver balls with uh, a lot more velocity. So um, yeah, that's all I got for him, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with the knocks there. I mean, there's not really a perfect quarterback prospect like Trevor Lawrence uh, in, mm-hmm. in the draft at this point, but I do agree with Micah. This is, this is my one one pick actually. And this is the, the, the quarterback I would take first. So this is assuming a, a super flex uh, Debbie league, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things that uh, uh, I didn't hear mentioned is I think he has a really quick and uh, like clean release Mm-hmm. Um, and he's uh, very decisive. And you did mention he backpedals a lot, Nathan, and so a lot of times that does result negative in a negative play. However, he's very accurate on the run, and a lot of times he can. He's one of those quarterbacks that can turn those plays into, you know, incredible, fantastic throws down down the field after the the wide receiver breaks his coverage and gets open. So, um, you know, and let's keep in mind that last year a lot of those knocks he was a, a, a freshman starting and leading a team. Uh, that, you know, uh, had lost a lot of its talent. And um, 
So, you know, I, I, I definitely think that Spencer Radler has a lot of room to grow and is going to grow this next year. And uh, I, Micah kind of touched on this, but uh, we had, uh, you know, two number one picks in a row and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray uh, come out from Oklahoma. And I do think that Spencer Radler will be the 101 in the real NFL draft next year. So that alone allows me to know that I'm going to get tip top value, even if I am not the biggest Spencer Radler fan, you know, I can trade him right around draft season and, and get, get, a, you know, a gold mine for him. So, uh, so, you know, it opens up a lot of options. Uh, so I, I, I like Spencer Radler a lot, but uh, at the one Oh three pick here, um, I'm going to be picking Brees Hall and uh, Brees Hall is somebody for me that is uh, actually really close with B. John Robinson as, as far as, I mean, just because of the year, uh, Brees Hall is going to be eligible next year coming out of uh, Iowa state. And um he, you know, that extra year of being there again, being to getting that draft fever next year, being able to get a haul for him. Uh, that's why I do value these 2022 guys a little bit more, but as a complete, just prospect, I do agree that Bijan brings a little bit more to the table. That being said, uh, last year, uh, Brees Hall in this crazy year where everybody had down stats had 1500 yards and 23 touchdowns, uh, and 23 receptions to accompany that. Uh, so that is just monster stats. I mean, the production is there. Um, Iowa State is a really burgeoning up and coming program that has really started to be able co- to compete uh, with some of the top teams in that conference. And uh, he was a, he's a big part of that. His freshman year, he had uh, 1150 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, which is incredible, especially when he wasn't even considered the feature back that year. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's produced whenever he's been on the field. He's a very patient runner. He has great acceleration and footwork. You know, when everybody talks about a patient runner, they talk about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, he's, he's 6'1 and 215, uh, so he's not quite as big as Le'Veon Bell, so I won't, won't use that as a comp, but uh, he does kind of have that running style where he kind of waits for the hole to develop and then accelerates through it and he has fantastic footwork and fantastic juking ability um and i just a great size um like i said he has the ability to pass catch which some of these other backs um don't haven't quite shown that ability or haven't been used in that way so uh you know i think Brees Hall's a really really safe prospect and who i imagine next year will be the the rb1 um in in in, in drafts so uh Brees Hall, i'm taking at the 103 and feeling great about it um, comments guys and uh, let's let Micah go first and then and then uh, Nathan you can get into yours and pick pick the 104. It's not that I hate Brees Hall I just personally think he's more of a product of his team because he's put up really good numbers like you said he's had great production but I've seen constantly time and time again throughout my entire life that production in college does not translate to production in the NFL and when I watch the tape of Brees Hall, there's a lot of things I don't like. And I don't think that he has that second burst to really be able to break off big runs. And you don't need that. And that's something like Le'Veon didn't super do that. Um, Zeke Najee, Najee doesn't. Do Najee doesn't. Um, but I still don't think his vision makes up for it. I really think they have a really well O-line there. And they've been able to get good enough holes for him. I don't see too many where he has to really like do something for himself which I think a lot of players do in college. And that's why we see players in smaller schools actually do better in the NFL because they had to be put up in really bad situations and overcome it where I just think everything is kind of there on a silver platter for him. And I, I, I think I can be wrong on Brees Hall. And I still think he's the top running back in next year's draft class. 
But I just like a lot of these other running backs coming out the year after later and some other guys. But I, the production is there. It's just what I see on film. I, I just don't like as much as what the production says there should be there. So uh, he's going to be the top back next year, but I wouldn't take him this high. No offense, Josiah. But yeah. if you are in need of a running back and you don't want to wait two years, I get going with Brees Hall here. So um, if, you're, if your team need Brees Hall at three isn't bad, I would just hold – I think it's worth it to hold out one more year for some of these other guys. All right. Um, yeah. Nathan, if you got anything to add to that, go ahead. And if not, then move on to your pick. Yeah, I definitely side more with Mike on this. Um, I think taking him at three is a bit of a stretch. Just I know everybody's real high on him because of the production, but I agree that he's getting a lot of yards against a lot of terrible defenses on a team that's very good at giving him room to run and gives him a lot of touches. Um, so it's not like his averages are crazy or anything like that. He's He gets a ton of touches. But uh, he's a good player. I just don't think he's great. And I don't know if he's going to be a three-down workhorse at the next level. I don't think he will be. Uh, he has mediocre vision. He doesn't do a good job of hitting cutback opportunities. I uh, saw that a little bit against Oklahoma this last year. Um, also, if he weighs 215 pounds, my name is Shirley Temple. Like, that dude does not weigh 215 pounds. Um, just he, he definitely, when you see him run into the middle, uh, in, into piles, just taking on contact directly, he does not have the power and tackle, uh, breaking ability you would expect from somebody that size. Um, so, and part of this is just, he doesn't prepare for contact as well as you would hope. Uh, I'd like to see him run with a bit better pad level and, uh, prep his body, uh, for contact better than he does. But um, and like Micah said, he does lack a little bit of breakaway speed. He gets caught from behind uh, too often and cost him several touchdowns this past year. Um, so I definitely think that will limit his upside a little bit. So um, not as high on Brees Hall as a lot of other people are. But um, but yeah, yeah. he had 23 touchdowns. Just I mean, yeah, I mean, Rashad Penny had a great year, too. No, no, no. You um, just said it limited his touchdown opportunities and that was, he had 23. No, I said it will limit it at the next level oh, when okay, okay, linebackers okay. and defenders can run you down a lot easier. Okay, um, I misunderstood. I misunderstood. Yeah, no, but he definitely, like, there. we can look at when we do his film review on YouTube. Um, you know, he definitely gets caught from behind a few times on film. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I don't hate the player, but I definitely think he's, he's overvalued currently. All right, um, well, who is your number four pick? Uh, yep, so number four pick, I will go ahead and take Sam Howell out of UNC. Um, and honestly, I'll just go ahead and say this is really close between him and Slovis between for he's, who's my uh, QB one. Uh, Slovis really impressed me on, on film, but uh, Sam Howell gets the nod. He's, he's had more production uh, and uh, he's got, you know, all the tools you uh, could need to succeed at the next level. Um, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield too. We use that for Spencer Rattler, but uh, he definitely has a Baker Mayfield vibe to him. Kind of has that swagger and that look. Um, he's a very natural throw of the football. Um, not as good as Spencer Rattler is, but uh, I definitely think he has a more powerful arm than Rattler does. He throws it with more zip and can uh, fit it into a bit tighter windows. Um, but overall, he's a very powerful player. He's six foot one, two twenty five, and he's just a thickly built, a uh, human being that uh, he does a good job pulling through contact and staying on his feet. So um, I, I like that about him. It's kind of like a little mini Ben Roethlisberger. 
Um, but, uh, you know, and that does allow him to be a, a strong runner at the goal line. He's not, you know, and what I would call a dual threat guy, but he can get some good touches um, when you get to the goal line. He's got a little, little Tim Tebow in him. Um, so uh, I, I think he navigates the pocket very well. I think he shows good accuracy. Um, he needs to improve his field vision. Uh, that's one thing. And he needs to be more consistent with his accuracy. Um, and I, I want to see what he does this year when a lot of his talent has left the offense. I'd, I'd like to see how he produces. So I'm um, up in the air a little bit, but like what I've seen so far from Sam Howell. So I'm taking him here at four. Yeah, I agree with you. I ha- also have him at the, well, I have him at my one at four spot. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is a great take. Um, you know, one thing I worry about with him just to take a little bit of the negative uh, since you didn't get into too much of that is, uh, you know, he lost so much of his talent this year from, uh, Daz Newsome to um, um Brown, Michael Carter, exactly. You got it. So his whole offense has kind of abandoned him. Now I'm sure they have recruited guys to fill those spots, but um, I, I worry we're going to see some statistical regression. Now that's not going to affect him necessarily in the NFL, but I do think it could hurt his draft stock for next year and kind of why I see Spencer Rattler as being the, the first quarterback taken in the real draft. Now, um, he certainly is. He's very composed under pressure and he has great pocket awareness, but he doesn't have as much of the athleticism as some of these other guys like Spencer Radler or some of the 2023 guys. So um, that, that those are just some of the knocks, but definitely I totally agree. Big body. Uh, you don't have to worry about him not being able to see over the line or, um, you know, any of those things. Um, he's he's uh, definitely got some goal line potential and uh, he's thrown 68 touchdowns and only 14 uh, interceptions in 25 games. So, He's a really good decision maker, a uh, great deep ball. And uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely he'll be a first round quarterback this coming up in, in, in 2022. Uh, so definitely a safe pick at the 104. Uh, Micah, get into it um, shortly and then go into 105. Yeah. So um, when I had the, in our Debbie draft, the 102, and I traded that pick for Daniel Jones. If I had not traded that and I had the 102, Spencer Rattler went 101, I was going to take Sam Howell um, there. I I really am happy that at least this year is going to be like a test to where we will know how good Sam Howell more likely is because he lost so many people on his offense. And like you said, he'll they'll get recruits, and they have been recruiting better in North Carolina the years previously, but I don't think they're going to have like the Diami Brown, Devontae, Michael Carter's on their team. So it'll be a really good um, sight to see if he really is made for the next level or not. So we'll know pretty quickly with him, but I think he's got all the physical attributes and everything says he's going to be um, an NFL quarterback. So um, I, I like him here at 104 and he's my number two quarterback. So I like to pick Nathan. All right. So who, Oh, I get to pick here at number five and this may seem like a reach, but everyone's going to fall in love with this guy after the season. <sighs> My God, as a Georgia fan, it hurts me, but it's Jamar Gibbs out of Georgia Tech. Wow. I, yes. Oh, let me get into Jamar. Um, dude, Jamar's really good. <laughs> he's a really good player, dude. I kind of think that he's about to be the next Kamara. 
Like I, I really like see it in him because we've been talking a lot about like why we like people like Gainwell and Kamara. It's because we think the game's moving to this point to where you're going to need running backs to be able to be receivers as well. And we've seen people like there's talks of Kenyon Drake playing this role and Travis Etienne drafted for this role. Dude, I think Jamar Gibbs is poised for it. He's a great receiver in his freshman year. They only played seven games. He had 24 catches and 300 yards and three touchdowns. He also averaged five yards a carry behind an O-line that was made practically for the triple option. I know Paul Johnson's been gone um, for a couple years now, but Georgia Tech has not been – they're finally starting to get recruits like Jamar Gibbs, and they have a good recruiting class this upcoming year. But first couple of years in that transition has not been good. And this last year they didn't have the best of O-lines, but he was very patient. He just blows through the hole. And he returned two kickoffs back for a touchdown in games, which just shows me that this guy, like, I like seeing that in college. I know we're not talking all the time about guys returning kicks, but they trust him enough as a freshman to go back there and returning the ball. So I think he's about to explode this next season. Like, he's going to – I think, like, Heisman talk. And he's going to be rising up draft boards. People are going to, like, really start being high on this guy – and I, dude, I like him a lot. And this is coming from a diehard Georgia fan. I do not like Georgia Tech. I respect this dude's game and his talent and his ability. And I think a year from now, um, the hype on Jamar Gibbs is going to be very high. So 105, Jamar Gibbs is my guy. Nathan, if you want to quickly uh, give your take on Jamar Gibbs, and then I will get into the yep. 106. Yeah, um, I really like Jamar Gibbs as well. I'm surprised he's going this early for you. Um, I, I wouldn't take him quite this early. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he produced over 100 all-purpose yards a game his freshman season and uh, a one touchdown a game. So that's pretty awesome for a freshman. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he is going to keep rising up draft boards. Like I said, I, I wouldn't take him this high, but – um, the only thing really limiting him is like he he kind of lacks the size to run through contact mm-hmm. like guys like uh, Tank and um, Bijan can. So that's why he's my RB3 in that 2023 class. Um, but that's like honestly my main knock on him. There's not much else. He's got a good bend of speed and power. Um, you know, he's, he is a strong runner that typically does fall forward. Um, and he cuts really well without losing momentum, and he's very good out of the backfield. So he, he could be a three-down workhorse at the next level, and he's been very impressive so far. So, so yeah, you got a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I had him at my 112, uh, but I don't hate this pick here. I mean, like yeah. a little early for me uh, just because of the 2023 deal. And, I mean, Nathan, you pretty much mentioned it. Uh, I have him. And, you know, I, I will say uh, you a lot of these uh, sizes – yeah, a lot of them are uh, how big they were when they came out of high school, and it might have been a year or two since then, and they might be a different size now or when they come into the NFL. But I have them at 5'11", uh, 195, Jamar Gibbs. So, um, you know, yeah, they, there's other guys that are 195 too. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, uh, you know, the, I agree with Nathan that there's other guys I'd rather have than him, but he is a very exciting player, very exciting to watch. And I don't have a problem rooting for Georgia Tech. I mean, they're not really our rivals. Yeah. They never do anything. So I can root for them to have a good player. It's fine. But anyways, moving, moving on to the 106. Um, and it's going to be the first wide receiver taken. And it's going to be Mr. Garrett Wilson. Uh, yeah, I- Micah I, I, I thought I was going to take 
Pickens, but it is Garrett Wilson. Um, he is uh, uh, going to be coming out of uh, eligible next year. Um, he's uh, six foot one ninety five. He plays at Ohio State University. Um, he was a five star recruit coming out of high school. Um, he caught uh, ninety three passes for seven hundred twenty five yards and six touchdowns. Um, his last healthy year, and um, that was the year before last. Um, great speed, fantastic route runner. Uh, he's this, about the same size and I think almost as good of a route runner, at least in college, as Justin Jefferson. So that's kind of my comp to him. Not to say that he's going to come out and break records, just uh, just his, his playing style. Um, and uh, yeah, he's really great at going up for the ball as well. Even though he's only six foot tall and they're all taller guys, his vertical is just, I mean, second to none. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what he actually jumps at the pro day. But uh, I really love watching this guy play. If he can stay healthy this year, I do think he's going to probably be the the the, the best wide receiver in uh, in college football. Now that being said, uh, I would have had uh, another wide receiver here um, in George Pickens. Um, however, Pickens uh, has torn his ACL in the offseason. If anybody hasn't already heard, and uh, is not going to be able to play for at least a significant portion of the season. So I do imagine that Garrett Wilson will be the hot name uh, in drafts and the NFL draft next year. Um, really, I, there's not much I can say to knock on this guy's game. He did have an injury last year, but you know, last year was a weird season for Ohio State, anyways. So he, it's not like he would have played too many more games than he did. Uh, so I'm not really knocking him for that. Um, you guys got anything to add to that? Yeah, the, he's my number three wide receiver, and I don't mind him being the number one wide receiver off the board. They're all kind of in his little like mixed together where I'm kind of I kind of know where I'm going with it but I had him at three and I want anyone who tries to tell me like Chris Olav is better than this guy to just stop it this guy is so much better than him I don't think Chris Olav's that bad but Garrett Wilson is like he's the alpha in that offense and he's gonna come into the NFL and I'm not sure if he's gonna be an alpha right away but he could develop into one so I, I don't mind him being the first wide receiver off the board because of that but yeah no He's good, tall receiver, going to produce this next year at Ohio State, and he might be in the number one wide receiver taking next year's trip craft. So, well, yeah, I don't like it. All right, I don't mind it. All right. Uh, Nathan, I believe it's uh, you're up for 107 here. Okay. I. Uh, oh, yeah, and also you can get yeah, – no, Yeah, Garrett Wilson, good pick. I think, like, the top three guys are all – fairly close uh he is my wide receiver three though um so we will get into those guys later but um yeah i'm like i'm gonna have to take pete on slogus here he's still on the board um so since we're not uh team building uh yeah I, this guy is it, it i had him ranked higher than spencer rattler um he's very impressive like you i kind of wondered why jt daniels lost his job to this guy and you turn on the film and you quickly figure out why, because he has a cannon for an arm. Uh, he's not mobile in much any way. Uh, he's had like negative 57 yards each of the past two years. Um, so, yeah, he does. He does like scramble in the pocket well, and he does throw well on the run. Like he generates a lot of very good velocity and stays accurate on the run. But he, as far as fantasy, like rushing yards goes, he's not going to produce much for you. So he's more like Mac Jones in that sense. Um, but he's a very impressive uh, thrower. He's got uh, more of the prototype body at 6'3", 215 pounds. 
Um, yeah, he's got, like I said, great arm strength. Uh, he goes through his progressions very quickly and delivers the ball with authority. Um, he doesn't always make the perfect read. That's something he has to get a bit better at. Um, but uh, he's he's pretty close to Rattler and Powell in this regard already. So um, he has very, very good timing on his throws. He's better than any of the other guys that like comebacks and out routes and stuff. He, he has very, very good timing. Um, yeah, I mean, I there's not a ton to knock on him for. Uh, he does need to do a better job protecting the ball. That would be the biggest knock on him. It's just uh, he needs to make a little bit better decisions and uh, have a little bit better pocket awareness and protect the ball um, from getting swiped from behind. And, um, yeah, like like I said, he's not a dual threat, so he's not going to give you much there. But as a passer, loved what I saw from uh, Keaton Slovis. So taking here, him here at uh, number seven. All right, I'll give my take, and then, uh, Micah, you can give yours and uh, make your next pick. Um, yeah, so for me, he was number 14, so not, you know, uh, wouldn't take him this early. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't I don't blame you for with your evaluation of him being higher than, than Spencer taking, taking the quarterback coming out of next year's class that high. Um, I do think because of the complete lack of a dual threat ability, and, and, and don't get me wrong, Spencer Rather doesn't have – gaudy rushing numbers but he can you know scramble for the first down and of course throws very well off on the run which i agree that keaton slovis does too um uh but yeah he you know he he does he i do question his his ability as a decision maker he does try to force a lot of passes now uh last year in particular um well yeah yeah last year in particular uh, his team was down a lot so a lot of that had to have might have had to do with him trying to force force you know the, the points and his offensive uh, line is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. That too. So, you know, um, uh, but I do think he has a very nice weapon who actually we'll talk about uh, at some point at, towards the end of this podcast um, to help him out. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think he's definitely worth drafting. There was a draft that Nathan and I did together where he wasn't even taken. And I think that was ridiculous in two rounds. Um, so, you know, he's being slept on by a lot of people, but I do think uh, Keen Slotus out, out of UFC will be kind of like a, the way a lot of people see Mac Jones. Now I know that, you know, Nathan and Micah, and particularly Nathan see Mac Jones in a higher light than a lot of people, but just this guy next year, he'll be a, a first round quarterback, but no, dual, no, no, uh, you know, rushing ability. Um, and uh, kind of just, uh, you know, one of these guys that you have to rely on the fantasy points with their arms, which is why he's a little bit, um, you know, down for me. Uh, I do think it's not that he has bad uh, arm strength, but you kind of, you know, knocked Spencer Radler and I, personally thought the deep balls on Spencer Radler looked looked like they had more zip and definitely prettier than um than than Slovis's but um that being said I think it's a, a fine pick I, like I said I would take him right at the beginning of the second round of a Debbie draft but uh middle of the first isn't egregious at all in my mind at all so uh uh go ahead Micah and give your thoughts and then the 108 yeah so you, you can't have your name be Slovis and be slow at the same time. The memes write themselves. The internet's going to eat this dude alive. Stay away from him. Um, nah, but the one thing about him is that, yeah, he, he isn't mobile, and I don't like that personally, but he just throws the ball so well. And if he goes somewhere that's going to use him as a pocket passer and put a good O on around him, he's going to be able to succeed. So um, I hate that he's just not mobile, but if he is as good of a passer as I see in college and that can transition to the NFL, yeah, dude, he's um, he's going to do well. It's just, it's just only hard for me to gauge is, um, because I, I don't know what it is. 
I mean, he also – I mean, he threw for more yardage per game than either Rattler I, or Powell or – I know he did, but it's just that I was seeing these so quarterbacks say, like, like this you, my entire – rely on his arm. Like, he's pretty damn productive with it. No, no, and I'm not saying it's his arm. I just hate how slow he is, and I think it could hinder him, but it could also be fine. Uh, I just don't know what to make of him just yet. He was the hardest person for me to rank. So, but I, I like your judgment on you liking him. I'm going to take a rethought process through him, and um, I'm going to continue on with my number eight overall pick. And I get to talk about George Pickens. Oh, George Pickens is, dude, he, he, he's just the fucking guy that's about to go out there and just catch balls over you. He is going to want the ball. He is going to want to bully and get into defensive backs' heads. We saw when, you know, it cost us in the SEC championship, but he threw a Georgia Tech player into the wall. Like, he is a feisty guy. That I think if he can, like, channel that and not do like egregious things like that at the next level but he's still able to get into defensive backs heads because we know how hard it is to play defensive back so if he's able to like not only be able to physically dominate them but mentally dominate them um he's gonna do so fucking good especially with how good of a route runner he is which i don't think um gets talked about a lot there's a lot of comeback routes out routes that he's just stopping on a dime and he's getting there and he's also just, dude he makes so many contested catches that last game against cincinnati that he had in the peach bowl that um deep like what 50 yard pass by jt daniels and he just dives out and catches it and he's able to keep his arms underneath it and save the ball so I think just he has like it's his footwork that I am impressed with, but I just think he excels like with his hands and the way that he's able to contort the ball into his arms and body. I think he's just going to completely be one of these like I don't want to say he's going to be like a Jamar Chase level type prospect coming the year now that he's towards ACL, but ACLs aren't the death sentence that they were before, and there's a chance that he could play for Georgia this year. Like Kirby and them have said, because he tore his ACL so early in March that he could possibly be back for um, if we make it to the playoffs. So, I mean, Jalen might even be back by uh, November, whether or not he plays. Yeah, whether or not he plays. But um, Jalen, I mean, Jalen Waddle, no one expected him to be in the national championship game. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, dude, I, I think George Pickens is going, I think he's, I think his injury is like helped with people who are going to be drafting him at Debbie drafts right now. And honestly, rookie drafts next year, if he's not able to come back and showcase anything, that injury is going to cause him to slip. And people are just going to be getting deals all over the place with George Pickens. Nathan? Yeah, no no big uh, argument from me here. There is one wide receiver who I would take ahead of him. Uh, I didn't expect to say that going into the scouting process, but there is one guy I like better than him. Um, but Pickens, I mean, the main weaknesses on him would be the torn ACL and then, you know, some lack of maturity. But, I mean, he's a prototype. It's why I have him still ranked higher than Garrett Wilson as he's three inches taller. He's, you know, about, you know, 15, 20 pounds heavier. Um, he, he just, like, he has a very A.J. Green-esque way of playing. He uh, has incredibly good body control um expert toe tapper like you said he has great feet just he he's a pure prototype number one receiver in the nfl so um you know acl it was a clean tear so a lot of people have come back from that so he should be all right yeah no i definitely don't doubt that he's gonna come back and yeah he was uh my number nine overall so right around 
uh, where we took him here is where I take him. Uh, he's just a complete freak of nature. I mean, his freshman year, he accounted for 20% of UGA's overall offensive yardage. And you just don't see that as a freshman, as an 18-year-old, somebody coming in and accounting for a, a fifth of, you know, a, a top offense in the league. So, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's really just a complete wide receiver. Uh, the torn ACL will keep him out for most of the year, and it's going to cause him to fall in drafts. Um, it's, it's really just uh, a matter of what teams are willing to pull the trigger. And, yeah, hopefully he can get a couple of games in just to prove that, you know, he's – came back and still got it and teams will feel a lot better and he'll still be a first round receiver. I think that's the only kind of uh, worry, but I think wherever he lands, um, you know, he's, he's, he's going to eventually develop as an alpha receiver. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to see it. So yeah, definitely no problems with that. Um, I'm going to move on uh, to uh, my, the one Oh nine here. And this is the guy I was hoping wouldn't fall to me just so I didn't have to say his name. But uh, here is my best go at it. It is DJ Uigalele. <laughs> Uigalele. My best Uigalele, uh, maybe. I'm not something, something along those lines. Uh, it's a really tough one. I try to be a little bit more cultured than I sound right now, but you'll have to forgive me. Uh, he is going to be eligible in 2023. Uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback for Clemson this year. The guy is 6'4 and 240 pounds right now, or was as a freshman. So he is a big old boy. And to a lot of people, uh, he is already their quarterback one. Uh, who they A lot of people would take him over Spencer, uh, take him over Sam Howell. Um, so he's, he's a dual threat. Um, he, he really has a great size and speed combination. He's way faster than you'd expect a 6'4 player to be, and he can truck you as well. But he also has a good arm. He played really well in the limited games he played last year when uh, Trevor Lawrence was sitting out at the end of the year. I think in two games he threw for like over 600 yards or something. So, uh, you know, I'm sure these weren't against the, the best of talents, but um, it's still good to see just somebody be able to step in and dominate right away as a freshman and not having the the the, the, the workload throughout the season. Um but uh, he was a super highly decorated high school player, a uh, five-star uh, high school player coming out, the, the top-ranked quarterback of his class. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely a, a super safe bet to take on your team. I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence just coming from Clemson. I don't expect him to play anything like Trevor Lawrence, but, uh, you know, we can trust that he's in a safe system to develop somebody of his caliber and of his um, skill set. So, um, it's going to be exciting to see. Um, I really think he's going to be a really great quarterback, and I hate it because uh, I'm not a fan of Clemson. But uh, DJ Uigalele, number nine. Uh, yeah, no. No, no. I, I, I had him as my number 10 ranked overall, so he's right in that range. All right. Um, but, yeah, I watched the Clemson spring game with him, and he looked fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. If he was in this class and had some more production underneath him, he, he might be number one for me. Yeah, no, same here. I mean, uh, I think he's my overall number three. I do have Sam Howell and, uh, and of course, Spencer Rather ranked above him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would I, I would take him over any other uh, 2022 quarterback. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see. Who, I, I guess, uh, Nathan, you're the next pick. Mikey, you got anything to add about, about Mr. DJ here? Uh, he was just a five-star. He held his own in the Notre Dame game last year. That's 
all I really needed to see. He looked good in the spring game. I'm worried about him week one. I still think George is going to win, but I wouldn't say that I'm not scared that guy could just come out and like Javis Winston us and just go all out in the first game. So he's got the talent, the size, everything else. He's going to, he's going to get drafted in the first round. So he is my number three quarterback too. So he's going to be good. Cool. All right, Nathan, if you want to move into the number 10 pick here, we're coming up uh, almost halfway. Yep. I am very happy about this because my number one receiver has followed (laughs) me and that is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Dude, you want to talk about a freak? This guy <laughs> is a freak, like more so than anyone else in this like next year's draft. He's six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds, can run a four-four forty. Uh, he probably has the biggest hands in all of college football, like maybe the biggest hands of any receiver ever. He has the special order like five XL gloves to fit his massive bear claw hands. So, yeah, it's like – and you – like, there's one catch against Ole Miss where he basically just, like, palms the nose of the ball with one hand in the end zone and, like, drags his feet and gets the touchdown. And it's just, like – it gives him such an advantage, especially in contested catch situations. But uh, he's an absolute freak. But the crazy thing is, like, he does not move like someone that big. He is very nimble. He changes direction very quickly and fluidly. He is faster than you would expect someone of that size um yeah it's it's almost like watching like a much bigger rondale Moore when he has the ball in his hands like he's it's weird someone that big shouldn't be able to move the way he does um but uh the other stuff i love about him is uh, obviously with his size you would expect him to be a powerful runner and he is he has excellent uh power and contact balance uh he was used quite often in as a running back out of the backfield um and he can throw the ball as well. He was used that way uh, in high school and college. So that, that's one reason he's my number one wide receiver is because he has like so many ways he can get touches and get on the field early. They can give him a lot of uh, running backs, like sweeps or just straight power plays. I mean, he's built like a large running back. So, um, it, you know, a lot of versatility there. He's a max effort player. He gives everything on every play that includes him blocking. Like he manhandles people as a blocker, like, especially with how large his hands and he can just turn them and control them at will. So, um, yeah, I, I love everything I saw about this guy on film. I honestly couldn't find any real weaknesses. Um, he, you know, he's not as crisp of a route runner as Garrett Wilson or even George Pickens, but, um, yeah, his physicality and his athleticism just make up for that for me. So yeah, I love Traylon Burks here. Yeah, I think that's a very good pick. Uh, I also love Traylon Burks. He's my wide receiver three, but honestly, I feel like putting Pickens above him is is maybe just a favoritism uh, thing. I could definitely see myself as the season goes on and Traylon Burks is actually on the field producing, uh, bumping him up to the to the wide receiver two. Um, yeah, he's – I mean, you know, I think you mentioned his natural was 6'3", 225, and actually, absolute free – his uh, contested catch ability, I mean, is second to none. I mean, and his red zone, particularly in the in the NFL, his real value and the fantasy is going to be he's going to be a red zone dominator. And um, he can uh, he's, he has great blocking as well. He can uh, completely truck some guys better than anybody else in the class. Which again, you don't get fantasy points for, but that's going to get him on the field and make him reliable sooner. And uh, 
yeah, the last thing I'll say about him is he plays inside, outside. I actually saw him line up in a, what where pretty much a tight end would be on a couple of plays. Um, he's he's very versatile in where you can play him in the field, as Nathan kind of touched on. So, uh, yeah, he's there, there's not been a lot of – I mean, you can't teach physicality. You can't teach being 6'3", 225, and nobody else has that. So um, he'll be able to do things that nobody else can, much like Calvin Johnson could. So – uh, great pick there for sure. Uh, Micah, you can give your take on that and then give your 111 pick. Yeah, uh, mostly real quick, if I had a pro comp for him, it would be like a bigger A.J. Brown. That's the closest thing I could come up with. Yeah, dude, he's a big boy with big old hands, and he is going to excel at the next level. Like, I mean, he's, he kind of reminds me of the next Mike Evans. Like. I think mm. he's a little bit more athletic than Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. But Mike Evans is just such a good contested catcher. But, dude, Traylon Burks can be as good as that. So, uh, I like his ceiling. He was my number two wide receiver. Uh, so, yeah, I know Traylon Burks, he's going to be a beast. Um, and the guy I'm about to talk about is also going to be a beast. And I honestly didn't think he'd be here in my pick. Uh, Tank Bigsby, the running back out of the University of Auburn, everyone, this 2023 running back class with Bijan, Jameer, and then now Tank. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good because here's the thing. Bijan's like the complete back. I think Jamar is going to be like the Camara, like receiving next Christian McCaffrey kind of back. Dude, Tank is a tank. It's so ironic because he is such a strong, powerful runner. And, dude, he's going to, like, honestly, like, I can just tell, like, he's playing in the SEC and he's making it seem like he's playing, like, Pac-12 defenses with how guys, like, just can't wrap him up and bring him down. He just fights for yards. It's extremely impressive. He's got some wheels on him. Um, the only thing I'm bummed about is that he only had 11 catches this year, but we all know Gus Malzahn's out of town, got a new coach. I have no idea how they're about to utilize him. But more than likely, he's going to be a maybe a better situation for him now that Gus Malzahn's gone. Maybe Gus Malzahn was holding him back, and he was just able to produce. So, uh, yeah, no, dude. Tank is going to be a beast. He is just – oh, man. I, I was trying to think of, like, a really good, like, pro comp for him. And the best thing I could come with is Ezekiel Elliott. If he can kind of – if I can see more from, like, receiving, because Zeke's, like, a good receiver, not a great receiver – but Tank kind of reminds me a lot of Zeke. So, uh, kind of reminds Tank, me of, um, like a more powerful Aaron Jones. Like that's it. That that's a good. Maybe not quite as explosive, but definitely has more power. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I I like Tank a lot too. I think the big knock on him for me and why there's a couple of guys that I have above him is just his lack of packs catching. Now that could be utilization, but. He honestly didn't do much with the catches he did have, and he looked kind of awkward catching the ball to me. Yeah. yeah I think it might just, it may, he might just be a guy that that's kind of outside of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, that doesn't mean he's not going to catch some passes. I just think there's a lot of guys where, like you said, Jamar Gibbs, that's going to definitely be a part of a part of his fantasy value. And uh, But with Tank, man, it's so awesome to watch him run through people, yeah. truck people, and invite contact and be a violent runner. Um, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, you know, if he can, you know, get a little bit less awkward uh, in my eyes with the past game and learn learn how to do that a little bit better, he'll be an all-purpose back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, he's – he's, although there's going to be a new coach, you know, we know that Auburn is a, is a 
proven system. And he actually does have a decent quarterback back there with him, which we know really helps with these college running backs. So, um, you know, I think, I think we can expect a lot out of him. Uh, he, he is the second back in the 2023 class for me. I do have him just before Jamar Gibbs, but uh, I could, I could definitely see your argument for Jamar Gibbs being put above him, Micah. So um, yeah, I got no arguments with that. Uh, Nathan, you got anything to add? No, I will come to his defense a little bit on the receiving thing. He does need to get more natural at it, but I mean, his yards per reception was almost the same as Brees Hall's last year. Um, and he was playing in the SEC. So uh, another thing stats wise, it's just like anybody that can average six yards per carry as a workhorse in the SEC as a freshman, mm-hmm. that's, that's really impressive. So, um, so yeah, I, I love Tank Bigsby. He's my uh, RB2 from that 2023 class behind Bijan. Right. All right. Well, I think that is on me now for the 112. And uh, I'm going to be grabbing a running back here that is uh, my number two running back in the 2022 class. And that's Mr. Isaiah Spiller. Um, he's 6'1, 225, coming out of Texas AM. Um, uh, his freshman year, he rushed for just under 1,000 yards with 950 and 10 touchdowns. Last year, he rushed for just over 1,000 and uh, nine touchdowns. So, Pretty consistent in uh, his uh, his uh, stats, and uh, also he's a very solid receiver. He's had 49 receptions in those two yards, uh, those two years, most of them coming last year, and uh, has averaged just under 10 yards of reception. So uh, definitely has shown the ability to do that, which is something I like. And um, he's uh, he's he's very physical. He's another one of these guys that kind of invite contact. He's a one cut downhill runner, so. He's not as shifty, not as patient as some of these other guys, but, um, you know, I think, I think once he's getting downfield, he's also, I, I'm not, I, I couldn't find any previous uh, 40 times or anything, but I think there are definitely guys we've talked about that are faster than him, uh, but he does make up for it with a good footwork, or, uh, good footwork, footwork and a uh, burst and uh, sounds know, delicious. But worst, yeah, and a good change of pace. Uh, like once he gets to a hole, he's really good at kind of stutter stepping, slowing down, and then reaccelerating. So um, I do like his running style. There's some holes in his games. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a elite pass catcher, but I like that he has the ability to do it. Um, and he's my RB two in the 2022 class. Uh, and I think he has the ability, honestly, to jump Brees Hall. Um, I think, yeah, I don't project that to happen, but I, if he was the RB one coming out of next year, I wouldn't be surprised. So to get him here at the one twelve, I feel pretty good about. So Isaiah Spiller at the one twelve. what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'll go first. I, Isaiah Spiller is another one that I'm not as high on as consensus. Um, I have him ranked below quite a few other running backs here, but, uh, I mean, he's put up very good production over the last few years. I just, I think his upside is very limited. Um, like you said, uh, he can catch the ball, but he doesn't really have natural hands. The ball will kind of bounce off occasionally. Um, and uh, I, I, he has good power and he has great size, but I'd like to see him take advantage of that more uh, and run with better pad level. I notice he, he gets tackled high way too often just because, um, you know, he doesn't lean forward as much as he should. And uh, he could he could run a whole lot better if he fixes that. So, um, he could definitely move up my boards in the future if he corrects just a few things like that. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit better ball security from him. Um, and uh, like you said, he's just like he, he's good, but I don't know if he's elite at anything. 
Um, and he doesn't quite have like breakaway speed. He has very good burst, especially for his size, and he can make it to the edge a lot faster Don't than what you think. Yeah. Um, but uh, he just doesn't have that second gear once he gets to the second level. So, um, but I do like him. I definitely don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, I just have him ranked a little further down my list. All right. Uh, Micah, go ahead and give your thoughts. And then I want us to stop and just recap uh, our first round here. And also just a kind of heads up that uh, we should probably do the second round a little bit faster than we did the first. Uh, but anyways, uh, Micah, if you want to quickly give your thoughts on uh, – Isaiah Spiller, and then uh, we'll recap, and then uh, Nathan will start us out with pick number 13. Yeah, he's just like, he's good at most things. He's not great at anything, and he's just a lot of May watching him. I still have him as RB2 for um, next year's draft class, but it's just one of those things where I'm going to, I think we're going to know this year now that Kellen Mond's gone, that he's going to be more Mm -hmm. of a focal point of that offense. We're really going to see how good Isaiah Spiller is this season. So I'm going to hold my judgment, and we'll find out very quickly if he's going to be the man or not. All right. Well, uh, does anybody have this written down, or do we just need to go in order? Micah, you got you on top of it? Down. Yes. All right, cool. Give us picks one through 12, bud. All right. So one is B. John Robinson, two, Spencer Rattler, three, Brees Hall, four, Sam Howell, five, Jamar Gibbs, six, Garrett Wilson, seven, Kedon Slovis, eight, George the Man Pickens, um, DJ Guy from Clemson, um, Traylon Burks at 10, Tanks Bigsby 11, and Isaiah Spiller rounding out the first round. All right. Um, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and start us out with the first pick of the second round, pick number 13 in our debut. Yep, yep. and uh, really good getting him in the second round here, but I got to go with Zeus, Zamir White, mm-hmm. uh, UGA. Uh, I think he offers the most upside of any of the running backs in this class. Um, he was by far the best coming out of high school um, pre-injury. There's no doubt about who is the best, um, but, you know, he's had two ACL tears since then, and he's just, like, had stiffness since then. He hasn't quite been the same guy, but you saw last year, like, uh, quite a few flashes. He's getting back to that person. Um, he has very good, like, burst and speed for a guy his size. He's six foot two fifteen. Um, but his power, he is the most powerful and has the best contact balance of any running back in this class. It's ridiculous. Like he will never go down like on first contact. If he does, he's falling forward. He's dragging the defender. Um, he is constantly getting two or three extra yards on place because that's it's elite. Um, so that's been good. And he makes very, very quick cuts, uh, especially jump cuts to the outside. That's something he lost in the injuries, and he, he's starting to get that back. Um, so he, he's probably not going to put up stats like a Brees Hall or anything this next year because he's you know going to be in an offense that likes to rotate a lot of really good running backs, and he's playing in the SEC. But uh, if, if he can get back anywhere close to the running back he was before injury, um, I, I think he can be a legitimate three-down workhorse in the NFL. He, he's a special runner uh, at his peak, so – so, yeah, like, like I said, the main knocks on him would be the injuries. And just uh, he so far, he doesn't have a ton of work in the receiving game, but he did have like six or seven catches in the spring game alone. It looks like they're going to use him a lot more in that regard. Uh, and he looked well in the role. So, um, so yeah, three down potential with this guy, Zamir White out of UGA. 
Yeah, I'll quickly just add. Yeah, I I had him at my number fifteen, so a couple spots after this. So so I, I definitely think this is right around where I'd take him as well. Um, it's it's just the injury, and um, you know, it's the, also we have to keep in mind he was actually draft eligible last year, so he will be a little bit older for a running back when he when he does enter the league, uh, older than the other guys in this class even. So that is one going to be one reason to knock him. Of course, you know when you're playing fantasy for the most part, you're just getting the, the first contract out of your running backs anyways. But um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's too reason, too much of a reason to knock him. I just thought that was worth mentioning, but everything you said about his talent and his skill, if, if he's healthy, I mean, I, I don't know if he's the highest upside, but I would say he's the most boomer bust. I mean, he, he really could be the best running back in college football next year. So um It'll be really interesting. He could also get injured again, and his his value could completely evaporate, and he'd be a fifth round running back or something like that. And so well, it's it's it, it is it is a bit of a risky pick at the top of the third for me. But at the same time, I had him ranked two or three spots later, so I can't really complain with you taking him here. Oh, I had him ranked at number eight overall. So this is oh wow 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 yeah well well he fell for you then. Uh, Michael, yep. anything to add? If not, uh, quickly, if not, then go ahead and go into number 14. I mean, I had Zeus at number 11. Uh, I actually had Isaiah Spiller right above him, and the only reasons for that is because if you look at their tape, it's kind of equal. Like, I just know what Zeus can be, and we just haven't seen it yet. And that's the I had to put my bias aside and put Isaiah Spiller just ahead of him. For that reason, but you're right. He has the highest ceiling, I believe, out of next year's draft class and running backs. Um, so Zeus getting him at the beginning of the second is good. And now we get to go on, and we need to talk about another UGA player while we're talking about him. Um, I am snagging JT Daniels here cool. at the beginning of the second. Yo, JT Daniels is about to have a year. Um this past season, in the four games that he played, he has 67% completion percentage, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and two interceptions, including a come-from-behind victory in the Peach Bowl that everyone remembers over Cincinnati. Um, no, dude, I, I think that JT's got it between the ears. Every time I see him out there, he doesn't make bad mistakes. Most of the time – well, he did a little bit at the beginning – but a lot of his problems were not getting the ball there, and that was because he was trying to um, get back into shape with his leg because you can see he picked up his leg a lot in those mm. games. But in the spring game, he cut down on it some more because I think his leg's getting healthier. And I think it's just been his problem is he hasn't been 100%, but I think he, like, he can read a football field, and he has, an, he has a good arm. I think him and Spencer Rattler have the same arm. I think Spencer Rattler does a little bit prettier of a ball but I think they're both in that realm of like they have a good arm and a good arm for the NFL, not like an amazing one. But I do think JT Daniels is going to light the world on fire this year. He's he's going to leave regardless because of um, Brock Vandergriff being there and um, Gunnar Stockton coming in. Like JT's going to be in the draft next year. You won't have to wait very long. So um, I'm going to take JT here at 14. Nathan, if you want to quickly comment on that, and uh, then I will get into pick 15. Yeah, um, a little early for me. He's my 24th overall player, so at the very end of the second round, I would take him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he could rise a lot this next year. I just haven't seen enough from him. 
and uh, there were some accuracy issues I noticed last year. Um, but I do think you're on to something with his leg. He definitely looked a lot more sure of himself in the spring game and uh, was throwing the ball better. So um, he definitely could rise up the board for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I certainly hope so as a UGA fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. He would have been probably 25 or 26. He just fell off of my, my, my two round draft here, but I sure hope you're right. I sure hope so as well. For real. He froze. Yeah. So for me, Mike, uh, JT probably would have been 24, 25, I mean, 25 or 26 for me. He fell just outside of my, uh, first two rounds. And, uh, just because I worry about his size, I worry about his arm strength translating to the next level, and uh, you know, I sure hope you're right. I hope that he he is does become a guy that we wish we drafted this high. But um, you know, I just I, I'd want to see it before I'd be willing to put my put my money on it. But um, yeah, I, that, that's all I got to say about that. I'll move on to pick number fifteen here, which for me is a 2022 draft eligible receiver out of Purdue, and that is David Bell. And uh, this guy honestly was back-to-back with Traylon Burks for me. Um, I would rather have Traylon just because of the size, but David, uh, David Bell from a, I mean, route running standpoint, um, he's 6'2", 205, so he's not small by any means. He's great at creating uh, separation. He's also a really talented contestant catch, uh, catch guy. He's really strong and physical off the line. I mean, if there's a strong cornerback on him, he's literally sunning them and pushing them off five yards and then getting his route. So, uh, you know, I, I he he was uh, playing with Rondell Moore this year and last, and Rondell was definitely the more featured receiver. Um, but I think this year David Bell is is going to be that guy, and uh, he's really going to put up some numbers uh, over there at Purdue. So um, they have a decent quarterback whose name is escaping me right right now, but uh, no, nobody who I think is going to be NFL worthy, but a guy that can definitely help him put up numbers and help David Bell uh, be a first round uh, receiver this year. So. Uh, David Bell at pick number 15. I feel pretty good about that. He's my number four receiver. But like I said, if he was your number two uh, above Pickens, above Traylon Burks, I wouldn't be upset about that. So uh, David Bell, number 15. Yeah, dude, I like David Bell a lot. Dude. He's a big old guy. He's going to be able to um, prove himself this year, even though I think it was just this weird thing last year with COVID, especially with the Big Ten as a conference, because everyone played such a few amount of games. So he's going to get a full workload in this regular season we're about to have. And, I, yeah, dude, I think he's going to have an extremely good year. And I had him right here at number 15. <laughs> this is exactly where I had him on the board. So, um, yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm liking what I'm seeing from David Bell. I had him at 13 for me. Um, love him. He has some super strong hands. He's awesome in contested mm-hmm. catch situations. Um, so that's that's the most fun thing about watching this film for sure. So um, probably the best contested catch guy outside of uh, Traylon Burks, I would say. But yeah, I have him ranked as number thirteen overall for me. So good pick. All right, uh, Nathan, uh, I think you're up for number sixteen here. I keep having such good players fall to me, <laughs> and this guy is so underrated, and I don't understand why. Kevin Harris, out of South Carolina is so underrated at running back. And I don't understand. Like, he was fantastic last year. Um, He, yeah, he averaged in 10 games, he had almost 1,300 yards and 16 touchdowns. 
Uh, he uh, obviously he didn't have Marshawn Lloyd. He was out for an injury, so they're going to be splitting a backfield this next year. But I mean, this guy he's like like a little mini Nick Chubb. Honestly, he's a very thickly built runner with a very low center of gravity. Uh, just plows through people. He has really good vision and uh, good hands to, to boot as well. So, uh, yeah, and surprising speed for his size. Like, he definitely has much better breakaway speed than Isaiah Spiller um, and a few of the other guys. So, <coughs> yeah, uh, I love what I saw out of this film. Um, uh, things that he needs to get better in, he needs to improve his pass protection. Um and uh, he needs to do a better job of setting himself up for contact, like keeping his legs churning and having a more consistent pad level. And he needs to learn what a stiff arm is. Like there are way too many times where someone just comes into his body and he could just put out his arm and has the power to push him away. So um, needs to uh, polish up a little bit, but uh, has all the tools to be a very good running back in the NFL. So love what I saw from Kevin Harris. Um, and just for measurables, he's 5'10", 225, um yeah he was he wasn't a highly rated recruit he's like a three-star guy but um yeah you can't deny what you saw on saw on film yeah he was uh actually uh right at the end for me uh so i think he was 23 um and yeah i just think uh I, I like all the good things you said about him i definitely agree um yeah i mean you know 510 225 he's a little bit of a plotter to me like i thought i thought he wasn't incredibly quick uh not not i mean he could build up speed but just in short in, sh in like in a, in a phone booth i didn't didn't think he was super quick and like you said you know uh whether it be pass blocking or the stiff arm deal it seemed like he didn't want to play with strength um as much as maybe uh he could being being as heavy as he is and, and his low center of gravity so um you know there's things he needs to clean up but i think his his his, his draft stock can definitely rise and I think he's going to be featured this year. So I think he'll have a good opportunity for that to happen. Um, Micah, if you have anything to add to that, go ahead. And if not, pick number 17. I have him a couple picks after this. I disagree that he's got a few things to work on, but if he figures those things out and they're easy things to um, add to his game, yeah, no, I, I like him here. Um, Kevin Harris is probably going to rise up and he could be the RB3 in next year's draft um for all i know so um i'm gonna make my next pick though and it's going to be a wide receiver out of wide receiver u which is lsu it is mr Keshawn Butte, and he is just the next in line of whatever wide receiver factory lsu keeps putting out um I mean, of course, he was just a five-star wide receiver, and you know, the number two in the country um, coming into this like awful situation in LSU. It was just we talked about it a lot with Terrace Marshall and how um, he ended up just finally sitting out because the quarterback situation was so bad. The whole team was disastrous. Eric Gilbert transferred out. There's all these things going wrong. And then, you know, he had his struggles, too, because of all this dysfunction. And then the last three weeks of the season, it's Alabama. He has eight catches for 100 yards. And then he gets five for 108 yards against Florida the next week. Then he closed out the season with 14 catches, 308 yards, and three touchdowns in his final game. I'm sorry. If you can put up 300 yards and an SEC football game, like you're going to be an NFL wide receiver. So um, every, all the signs are pointing towards like this guy's the next great LSU wide receiver in the NFL. And I, I like him. So Mr. Keishon Butte is my pick. Nathan, I'll let you go ahead and then I'll give my thoughts. I like it to pick. 
uh, yeah, I have him a little bit after this, but it just depends on how you value like next, you know, future players. Um, and, and he's a freshman, so he will come out in 2023. I want to add that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to make that clear. He's only eligible in 2023, but, uh, and he's not like as big as a couple of these other guys. I think mm-hmm. he's like six foot around like mm-hmm. 190, 195 pounds. Um, but still plenty big enough. Uh, he's yeah, he's going to be awesome. He's my number one wide receiver in that class. Um, and yeah, if you're building a team for the future, this is a fantastic pick. He's, he's going to be a dog. Yeah, I think if he were coming out in next year's class, he would probably be my wide receiver two. If George Pickens were healthy, three. Um, but I mean, I think he's definitely my wide receiver one in 2023. And I had him right around this area uh, at uh, 17. So uh, shortly after this. So, yeah, I mean, um, he was a five star, one of the most hyped receivers out of high school that we've had in a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, last season he caught 45 uh, catches for 735 and five touchdowns, which is uh, in the average 17.5 yards an attempt, which is really impressive for a really struggling LSU team uh, last year. So all that should only improve and go up this year. And then, of course, we'll have one more year to to, uh, you know, really Staple his name down, and I'm sure by this time next year, he's going to be very, very hyped. So uh, if you wanted to grab him now, I would go ahead and try to jump ahead of that. Um, All right, uh, for my number 18 pick here, halfway through the second round, I'm going to get another quarterback from the 2023 class, and I'm going to get Mr. Bryce Young. Um, And, uh, I, I, you know, we haven't seen a lot out of him, but he was a five-star recruit. He's going to be a dual threat. Uh, in a fantastic system, obviously, with Nick Saban, who can just do anything and make any kind of offense. It'll be really interesting to see uh, Nick Saban try to build his offense around a player like this. Um, and, you know, I guess Tua was a little bit of a mobile quarterback, but but Bryce Young is a true dual threat uh, where, you know, his legs are are a big threat and he's going to be putting up numbers. Um, uh, some, some actually uh, thought he was going to beat out Mac Jones this year. Um, and apparently it was close in, in camp, uh, at, at the beginning, I, I, Mac Jones, you know, quickly proved that he can be the leader. And at that point, Nick Saban, you know, he doesn't second guess himself. So he made his decision and he never looked back, but just the fact that Bryce Young, there was even any talk about that. I mean, it goes to show you how good he was looking his freshman year in, in, in camp and in practice. So, um, I, I don't expect there's going to be a lot of, I mean, he's going to have some really good players like John Mechie to throw to right out of the gate. Um, so I, I think uh, he's going to look good really fast right away. So uh, I'm really happy to get him in the middle of the second round here. Bryce Young uh, from Alabama. Yeah, dude, if um, anything has taught me with that bullshit that Nick Saban has built over there in Alabama, is that Bryce Young is just going to slide in and play incredibly, get drafted in the first round and, go on to be a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. Um, but he hasn't had one that completely has broken out yet, and Bryce Young could be the one that finally does it because he looked really good in Alabama's spring game. And like you said, it was close to Matt Jones. So um, Bryce you Young could argue, up, You could argue Jalen Hurts. I mean. Uh, but not like a like guy like year after year, like a Russell Wilson and Matt right. Ryan, like just a guy that – it's just commonplace you're drafting every season yet. So Bryce Young could be that guy. Right. Uh, Nathan, anything to add? And if not, go ahead and move on to number 19. 
Yeah, I had him a little bit lower just because I think he's going to be a better college quarterback than he is a pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not an elite runner by any means. Like his senior year, he had about 350 yards rushing, which isn't bad, but it's, you know, it's not Lamar Jackson or anything. Um, and uh, I just have some concerns about his size. He's five foot 11, 194 pounds, uh, stoking wet, I would say. Uh, he's he, I just I don't know if he's going to hold up at the next level. So just having some concerns about that. He was actually the higher rated prospect uh, between him and the DJ. I'm not even going to try to say his last name this time uh, out of Clemson. But um, but yeah, DJ is just the better pro prospect out of the two. So um, that that would be the only knock against Bryce Young. But I mean, as far as like actually playing the position, he's very, very good. For sure. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, move move into number 19 here. Ooh, let me check my board. Um, ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Uh, this, this is a good deal right here. If you can get him at this spot in your drafts, uh, you're doing something right. He is uh, honestly, he's a very similar player to Garrett Wilson uh, as far as just like he's a speedy guy who gets a lot of separation. Um, doesn't rely much on the contested catch stuff. He tries to separate, catch the ball, and turn up field. Uh, he's he's very good in the open field. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I don't think he's nearly as good, but uh, he's kind of a more slender frame guy that just gets open no matter what. He's very good at finding the soft spot in the defense. So, um, so yeah, and the nice thing about him and something I – you know, tried to take into account while ranking these guys, like, you know, for sure that he's coming out this next year. Um, you know, that doesn't, you don't know that for sure on some of the other guys, but he will be coming out no matter what. And uh, I think he's going to be a good receiver for any fantasy squad. So um, Chris Olave here at uh, what pick are we at now? 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah. I had him ranked as my 14th overall player. So um... uh, me too. Yeah, so definitely you got him later than than I, I I'm jealous a little bit, but no, I mean, uh, Micah, you mentioned there's no way that Garrett Wilson is not going to be the alpha, and I personally agree with that. But there are people that that are ranking Alave above uh, above Wilson, so there is enough hype around him and enough uh, talent. I mean, last year once uh, once Wilson went down, he did sort of emerge and break out as the number one option, um, and I think some people are projecting that to continue. So. It's interesting. Maybe getting him here at nineteen is 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 a uh, is an incredible value. If if it is if it is the case that Olave has a better season than uh, Garrett Wilson, again, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, my guy, you can add anything you want, and then uh, move on to pick number twenty as we try to round this thing out. No, I, like I said, I like Olave. I just like Garrett Wilson a lot more than him. He's solid. Yeah. Getting him here, good value. Um, my next pick, the number twenty pick. Um, I'm really trying to not sound like a homer here when I make this pick, but um, I'm taking Kendall Milton right here. Um, and honestly, it's just like position scarcity, how the running backs that I have left, I have him much higher. And out of the receivers, I would just rather wait on him and have like a running back because, like we said, you can find a lot of receivers everywhere. At this point in the draft, if I can get a guy who could end up being a three-down back in the NFL – um, I'm going to take that risk. And I know we didn't see a lot from him this past year. And a lot had to do with injuries. We also have Zamir White and James Cook in that offense. Um, but after the season, Zeus and James Cook are gone. Kendall Milton's going to have a whole year after this season to completely prove himself. And then I think he's going to get many more touches this year to be able to display his talents. 
Um, the guy's super talented. If you haven't seen his dad, everyone look up his dad because that dude is just a massive human being that's going to keep Kendall Milton like in this zone to become like a like great star in the NFL. He's already trademarked his own logo. Um, I'm buying into Kendall Milton. We need to have a celebrity charity cage match between DeAndre Swift's dad <laughs> and Kendall Milton's dad. I don't know who's bigger, but both those men are jacked. I love this. Yeah. Whoever has whoever has like the more fight inside them is gonna win <laughs> that match. <laughs> um, but but uh, um, yeah, no, I I I don't want to say it's a reach because um, a lot of people probably haven't heard of Kendall Milton because of you know his limited touches this past year. But yeah, no, coming from a guy who's seen a lot of him, like the man's going to be good, and I feel comfortable taking him here. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, I think this is a good pick. Uh, I have them ranked a little bit lower, but this isn't bad at all. And he's a high upside guy. Um, and he's the prototype build. He's six foot two, 220. Um, has very good speed to combine with that. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb running at Georgia, where he just like effortlessly breaks through contact. And it's beautiful. His, his feet don't, he always stays planted to the ground and defenders kind of slide off of him. So, Gave me some uh, freshman Nick Chubb vibes. I went back and watched every touch he had this last year, and he didn't get many of them, but each one was very impressive to me. So, um, so yeah, I, I like this. Um, yeah, he he may get limited playing time this next year, but his junior year, he'll, he'll explode, I think. Yep. Yeah, so you got him at spot 20. I have him at 21, so definitely don't think it's a reach. Um, I... Uh, you know, I think he, the, my, my one thing about this guy is he's probably, he's probably not going to get tons of touches this year either. I do think Zamir White and James Cook are going to be the, the main guys getting the ball this year. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to be slept on even after next year. I still, I think maybe we'll be able to grab him in the back half of the draft, even next year. And especially with all the other running backs that are getting as much height in that 2023 class. So, uh, you know, I do think this is going to be a guy that's going to be a real value. And I think once he gets that, uh, you know, just like every other Georgia running back, you know, they start out behind somebody that's an NFL caliber running back. And then once they once they get the backfield, they show out and then they become an NFL caliber running back. So I definitely see that trend continuing with Kendall Milton. Uh, but with the 21st pick, um, I'm going to get the guy that I have right before him. And that is uh, – Kyron Williams, uh, 2022 running back um, out of Notre Dame. Now, this is a smaller guy. He's 5'9". I have him as 5'9 and 205. Um, so, but he does have great speed, fantastic speed, actually, and big playability. Man, he he once he's in the backfield, he's going to get the touchdown. Um, I mean, I saw uh, a lot of games where he's getting 25-plus, uh, you know, 40-plus runs and, and, and turning them into touchdowns. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, back out of the backfield catching. And even as a small block, back, I liked some of the blocks he was throwing. Now, there's going to be some linebackers that are just going to be able to get past him for sure. But he does put in the effort, and he does have good form on his on his blocks from what I saw. Um, and uh, we should see him at a, on, a, on a feature role this season. Um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being, you know, one of these top two, three backs that we're talking about out of this class. Um, so Kyron William at the end of the first, I think is a, is a pretty safe bet projecting to the NFL. I don't think he's ever going to be a three down back. He's probably going to be somebody like, uh, in this year's class, maybe like a Michael Carter, 
and uh, you know somebody that he's not going to be on the the field every down, but um, you know when he's out there, he's super effective. And uh, I mean, I think Kyron Williams averaged right around ten yards a catch. So uh, you know that's the kind of production I kind of see him move into the to the NFL. But definitely next year he's going to be Notre Dame, the central part of Notre Dame's offense. So uh, Kyron Williams at spot twenty one, I feel pretty good about. Yeah, I, I think this is a great pick. Uh, there's only one running back on the board I have above him, but I mean, this guy, he was a focal point of their offense last year at over 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in 12 games. Um, just like you said, he can score from anywhere on the field. Uh, he is a nightmare one on one in the open field. Uh, he makes great cuts without losing momentum. Um, and he, uh, like you said, the one limitation on him is his size. I definitely, on short yardage situations, he'll be taken out. Um, but he definitely is going to get warrant uh, just running touches no matter what because he's explosive. He can create big plays. I mean, there was one play uh, against Alabama in the first quarter where he made two defenders miss in a phone booth to make something out of nothing. So he, he can create on his own. Um, and, uh, yeah, he has a lot of upside, so good pick here. Yeah, I agree. He's going to um, be drafting a lot of rookie drafts high next year due to the running back scarcity. And I think someone's going to end up with a good one. And I'm interested to see how high he jumps throughout the season. So I'm definitely keeping a close eye on Kyron. Mm-hmm. All right, Nate, with your last pick at pick number 22, who is the guy, last guy you want to talk about? Yeah, I guess I need to talk about the one running back I had ahead of Kyron, which is uh, Jerion Ely out of Ole Miss. Um, I loved watching this guy's film. It was very, very fun to watch. Uh, one of the more fun tapes I watched out of these running backs in this class. But he, uh, yeah, he's 5'9", 200 pounds, so similar size to Kyron. Um, but he does a much better job running through contact than Kyron does, in my opinion. Uh, he has fantastic contact balance. Um, he, it doesn't even matter if it's hard direct contact. He'll keep his feet up. He'll spin out of it and is um, constantly fighting forward. So he's, he's very similar to Kamara in that regard, where he shouldn't have as much power as he does for his size. Um, but uh, very good slashing style, running back, very good vision, uh, sets a block well and has good patience to hit the hole when it does open. Um, and he has very good hands as well. So he, uh, he averaged a healthy yards per reception last year. Um, and uh, in total, he averaged right at 100 yards per game last year, even with limited, you know, them only playing nine games. So had 10, 10 touchdowns on top of it. So um, the only uh, one of the negatives on him, I would say, is uh, like the lack of size is one of them. But also he there's a small probability he could chase a pro baseball career. Um, he, he has been a dual sport athlete, but he did turn down. He was drafted and he turned down the opportunity to keep playing college football as a running back. So uh, I think he's committed himself to football, um, but he would probably be a little bit higher on my board if it wasn't for that little bit of uncertainty. But uh, very good player and very fun to watch on film. Yeah, you know, I liked his film a lot too. He did fall out of my top 24 and I I was a little bit upset about that. Um, The guy that kind of took his place i guess would be uh and i don't think i'm going to be able to talk about him so i'll just mention his name now is eric gray who was mm. uh who was with tennessee mm-hmm. and has transferred to oklahoma but uh but i mean yeah you know it's kind of at this point you know my rb eight and nine you know that you could interchange them easily and i can definitely see a great argument uh now just because i don't have it written down i think i remember what ely was 2022 20, eligible or was it is it 23 2022 
Okay, I thought so. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So so is Eric Gray, but yeah, both of those mm. guys I think are right right around that range. Um, I can definitely see taking Ely just because he of the safety. You know he's gonna have the workload, whereas Eric Gray just transferred uh to Oklahoma and uh has a little bit of competition back there, so it's a little more uncertain. But um, anyways, uh Micah, add anything you'd like to that and then uh, get into your last guy at pick number twenty-three. I wouldn't worry about the baseball thing because he was taking like the thirty-first round. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's um I don't think that's a big deal. I you know I just think he's a little undersized and I'm not a big fan of small running backs, but I like um his tape and what I see. Um, but I think this is the appropriate spot to back in the second round. Like he he's going to be a guy that's going to fall out of a lot of two round Debbie drafts, and mm-hmm. then next year is going to be like one of the top guys in the rookie drafts, um, mm-hmm. more unlikely. So um I'm interested to see with him. Um, I'm gonna have to go here. With my fi- my final pick of the draft, and oh my god, why do I? You know, I just have to end up drafting Georgia players every single time. They keep falling to me. But um, I would take Eric Gilbert. Um, I would not let that man slip out of the um Debbie draft. Um, I mean, dude, this guy was like the number one tight end prospect coming out of call or coming out of high school, and he's just been one of the most physical freaks that we've seen, like, um, when he decided he was going to leave LSU, like, everyone was all about, like, oh, where's he going? Because he's that big of a commodity. He's got two more years left. Um, And he's about to go into UGA, um, where we have someone like Darnell Washington playing tight end. And he's going to be playing a lot of tight end, but I think a lot of receiver as well, because he's been listed as a wide receiver. He could be um, this Robert Tunyon type of thing where he has this wide receiver tied in designation, possibly or Jacob Harris too, too far in the future to be able to tell. Um, but Eric Gilbert's got huge talent. Um, he seems like he's going to be worth taking the tight end. I'm not sure um, how many people are going to be like want to take tight ends. They're supposed to take long to develop anyway. Um, but I think with his ability, his talent, I think he's one of the tight ends that can come into a year one as a rookie and be able to produce and you can start in fantasy. So I think you go ahead and drafting him now is his developmental time. And I think it won't take him long once he gets into the league to get adjusted and be someone you can start. So um, I'm taking Aaron Gilbert before he can fall into next year's rookie or next year's Debbie draft. Go ahead, Nathan. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a good pick. Um, you, you keep ending up with a lot of the UGA players, but UGA has a bunch of players that are yeah. in this draft and in pretty much everybody's draft. Uh, a lot of talent on that team. So, uh, yeah, Eric Gilbert. Uh, the only thing, I really hope he gets the tight end designation for whoever he goes to play for because at UGA, he is under a wide receiver designation. He's wearing number 14, wide receiver number. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, – yeah, I – I think he's going to play at a tight end as a next level. He's pretty much the same size as Kyle Pitts and very similar skill set. So, um, yeah, hopefully he gets that designation because in fantasy it's it's hella valuable. But uh, good pick here. Definitely. Yeah, I think this is a decent pick. Uh, he fell outside of my top 24. But, I mean, you know, especially if you had to target a tight end, I do project him to be the tight end one out of next year's class. So, um yeah, I mean, uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that pick at all. Uh, it's really hard between this next two. There is two guys I really want to talk about, but um, I'm going to go with the guy that I alluded to a little bit earlier in the episode, and that is a uh, wide receiver out of USC, Drake London. He's going to be um, 
eligible in 2022. He's six, five and 210 pounds. So, you know, we've been praising Traylon Burks for being a physical freak, but I mean, he's an inch taller, not quite, doesn't quite have as big of a build, but uh, I mean, he, he really, um, he's already shown a very uh, good connection with Slovis. Um, but I think this year they're going to be one of the top uh, threats in college football, the top top uh, wide receiver quarterback nations in Slovis and Drake London, and really nobody is talking about either one of them. Now, Nathan, you did you did mention you're you're high on him and you took him higher than I've seen Slovis going in most, but Slovis get Slovis is getting slept on, and so is Drake London, man. I mean, uh, he's put up stats uh, in uh, both of his two previous uh, years. Uh, they haven't been super incredible. That's mainly because guys like Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown were the the main wide receiver there at USC. So he's kind of been playing second fiddle. That being said, he's consistently put up six, seven, eight hundred yards as uh, as the second option. So this year, I'd expect him to break a thousand yards, and uh, I do think he's going to be thought of as. Um, maybe maybe a late second round, uh, but or maybe a late. I'm sorry, an early second round or a late first round uh, receiver in the NFL draft. So uh, Drake London, don't sleep on him. Uh, he is my final pick to close this thing out. Um, so yeah, that's gonna complete our exercise today, guys. We appreciate you listening this long. Uh, no analysis. If there's a couple of names you guys that didn't that didn't make make the the list throw them out with no analysis and then Micah will recap our, our, our total, uh, 24 round draft. Uh, so, uh, for me, just real quick, I'll throw out the name Jaden Daniels. That was you motherfucker. I, to- I do not like you. <laughs> I do not like you. <laughs> I was going to mention him. Um, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a quarterback out of uh, Arizona state. He's going to be a dual threat, a little bit undersized. Um, and uh, the last guy I want to mention is uh, Zach Evans uh, out of uh, TCU. Um, he, um, I said no analysis, and I'm giving analysis. But uh, Zach Evans yeah. is a running back out of TCU that's going to be draft eligible in 2023. So those are the two guys on my list that that didn't uh, didn't get mentioned by you two, uh, Micah. I since sounds like I stole Jade Jaden Daniels from you, but uh, anybody else do you want to mention? Dude, real quick about Jaden Daniels, I'm thinking Jaden Daniels could be that guy that just like completely like goes all out this year and just becomes like a top guy in the draft next year, dude. I, dude, I like the way he runs. I like so much about him. That's why I had a very emphatic motherfucker in there <laughs> when you picked them because I love that guy. Uh, I get the only name that I would mention is Justin Ross. He's going to produce really well at Clemson this year, and he, if it not for his injury, would have been a bigger part of their team this past season. So I think Justin Ross um, is somebody that probably should get drafted in these two rounds. All right, Nathan, if you got anybody to add, and then uh, Mike is going to close us out with the recap. Yeah, Justin Ross's spinal injury scares me, so that's why he's not up here for me. That's um, Matt Corral, quarterback at Ole Miss, eligible mm-hmm. this next year. Um, super strong arm. That's my only analysis. Um, <laughs> we already mentioned Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Um, da, 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 da. CJ Verdell out of Oregon is a guy I have, mm-hmm. you know, just an eye on, but he's a little bit older. Um, but but good when he's on the field. Uh, that's it for me. All right, Micah, if you want to close us out here and uh, just give us a recap, one through twenty-four. All right, so we're not going to go numbers. I'm just going to name the names. All right. So, Bijan Robinson, 
Spencer Rattler, Brees Hall, Sam Howell, Jamar Gibbs, Garrett Wilson, Kedon Slovis, George Pickens, DJ Alujalele, Trayvon Burks, Tank Bigsby, and Isaiah Spiller. And then at the top of the second, downwards, we have Zamir White, JT Daniels, David Bell, Kevin Harris, Kayshawn Butte, Bryce Young, Chris Olave, Kendall Milton, Kyron Williams, Jerrion Ely, Eric Gilbert, Drake London, and the honorable mention of Jaden Daniels. Also, also need to honorable mention Julian Fleming. He's the next great OSU receiver after these guys leave. So. And Marvin Harrison Sr. or Jr., whatever, this ridiculous Ohio State class they just brought in. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fleming is stupid. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah that's it. Find out. Well, uh, as always, guys, we appreciate y'all listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Um, Again, we apologize for this episode coming out a week late. We were partying. I make no apology for taking a vacation. We are not slaves. That's right. We, we, We make no apologies. So fuck all of you. Uh, no, but anyways, we appreciate y'all holding out. And I know a couple of you guys messaged me and said y'all are excited for this episode. So here it is in all its entirety and its beauty and its wonder. So uh, with that, this is Josiah signing out for Nathan and Micah. Fantasy Dogs out. Fantasy Dogs.